On today's episode of Rise, Ground, Repeat, we talk to D'Lo from the Ambassador Group. We discuss why he's so passionate about helping bars and restaurants, making sure their assets are covered. Let's dive right in. D'Lo, thank you so much for joining on another episode of Rise, Ground, Repeat. Uh, I am pumped for this because we've been getting to know each other, I think, over the last year now and started working together a little bit more. But just as I learn more about you and just who you are and what you're about, uh, you always amaze me. I mean, you're just such a such a giver. You've uh, you know you built a, a great business, and so excited to kind of learn more about your uh, your history and share it with the audience. Well, it's nice to be here, Dustin. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Appreciate it. So, really, when it comes to entrepreneurship, would love to kind of hear your story. How did you get started in entrepreneurship in general? Um, you know, I got started when I was nine years old, and I put my uh, table and my chairs out in the front. And I took all this lemonade that we had inside the closet and I sketched these, uh, (laughs) I traced these Star Wars um, things and I put aluminum foil around the back and then I had the tracings and it looked, you know, it looked real. That's cool. Yeah, it was tracing. And anyways, I sold that stuff for like, I think a dollar a picture and like 75 cents for the lemonade. And I was all proud of myself because I made like, $11 that day, you know, $11 for a nine-year-old back in what, 80 something was that was big um and then i i came to this sheer reality after um telling my parents how excited i was i said well did you take the um did you take in effect how much it cost for you to get those products that you got for free you know the paper the aluminum the pencil you know the the lemonade itself Mm -hmm. the cup you're giving away i was like no i didn't and (laughs) and that was honestly my first look into entrepreneurship and and like a true reality into the fact that I don't really like business. I like people, you know? Yep. And that was the whole reason why I did it. Cause I wanted to be the cool kid on the block that was able to, you know, connecting people, people you yeah, yeah. have people come and do that sort of thing. So that was the first, you know, rendition of small D load, you know, doing his thing. And I'd always been a people person. I'd always been that kid at the club that was associated with everybody. You know, it didn't yep. matter who you were, if you were goth, if you were the jock, if you were the popular people, if you were the, you know, whatever, um, the geeks, I, I, I loved them all. And I just had fun with that. And I think that was the antithesis for when I got out of college and I, I worked in the music business. And then I got out of that. Um, when I did get into my final reiteration of what I'm doing now for the last 20 years, which is insurance, um, insurance brokerage, it doesn't sound that sexy, but to me, I don't wake up every day and say, Oh my God, I'm going to go write insurance today. It's more like, Oh my God, I get to go be on this podcast and talk about myself or, Oh my God, I get to go meet these people that own these really cool restaurants and learn about, you know, how they work and what they do and then connect them possibly with somebody else. I get more of a thrill out of the, the human connection of connecting other people, um, than probably anything than, you know, than, than, than winning, you know, winning's great, but I think you win automatically when you do what you love and it turns into, um, it just turns into a passion. So, yep. I think that's what gets me so excited is uh, so many people look at, all right, I got to win. And if it helps someone great, where it seems like your mindset is very, how can I help? How can I be a service? And ultimately the byproduct is winning. Like the the win is going to come. You just don't put that in the focus. And I mean, just connecting with people that are connected with you, just hearing all the, the, the positive feedback deal is great. Great person. I mean, it, it, people feel that. And I, I, I can hear that when I'm connecting with people that we share similar connections. And so how did that, what, 
how did that get you into the restaurant or hospitality industry? Because I had a conversation recently that uh, someone said it was interesting because some people shy away from hospitality because churn and turnover. I mean, restaurants are, you know, come and go very quickly. So it's tough to establish a long-term relationship. So knowing that, how did you get kind of into the hospitality industry? Yeah, the hospitality industry was not um, necessarily for me. It wasn't like the hospitality industry. I'll get into this and do this. It was, I wanted to be a part of a party and throw a party, but I always wanted to do it at somebody else's house. I don't <laughs> like I don't like people at my house. I don't like messes. I don't have people over. It's really weird because I'm kind of a recluse. But if you know me out in public, you're mm-hmm. like, you know, or you see me on Instagram or Facebook, like, oh my God, you're everywhere. How do you have time to do all this? And well, the the time is just it's just what I do. It's my job. It's how I am, and and, and all that. So. Um, I think hospitality more or less picked me. I didn't really pick it um, because when I, you know, was at ASU and I got the internship with Warner Brothers and, you know, I started working for bands, you know, still my love today is music, especially 80s music, um, you know, and, and I got to work for these bands and do this stuff and I started going out to these venues and seeing how the red carpet was rolled out for these guys and seeing how much of a party and how much fun it was. Um, again, it was about that human connectivity for me. And so to be able to do that on a day in a doubt basis was great. But when that, um, when that went away, when it wasn't the same because of iTunes and and Mm -hmm. Apple and all that, you know, my job wasn't the same. And so I had to, I I had to figure out what I was going to do. And insurance was the easiest, you know, transition because my dad owned the agency and I was like, okay, well, it's a job. Yep. So I just went in and, and I, I had no idea, you know, I would turn it into something. I would, I would make that commitment back into an industry that I was already in because it's what I already knew, but made it my own within insurance. And so um, that's not something that most insurance brokers like to do or want to do. Yep. You know, you may see insurance brokers out there that <clears throat> specialize in, say, aviation or med malpractice, um, you know, uh, or attorneys, you know, E&O. Those are all very specific sorts of uh, insurance that are very important, just like hospitality and, you know, primarily liquor liability. And if you don't have a attention to detail or some sort of specialization towards that for more than, you know, an hour a, a week or a month, you're not, you're not doing it right. And so that's what I wanted to do. I, I had the time, I had the I had time on my side. I had um, I had some sort of patience. I had no bills. I had a lot of sacrifice that allowed me to carry on and do that. And so it took me now, you know, 20 years later to be comfortable and have some of the bigger name clients here in Arizona. Yeah, yeah I mean, you bring up a good point. It's even working with you. It's been kind of cool to hear the story. But I mean, you're working with some of the the biggest restaurants here in the Valley, which is which is awesome. Um, you know, cold beer and cheeseburgers and and so on. So what was that evolution like getting started? Obviously trying to say yes to everyone and get anyone, but how, mm. what did you do to get to the point to where you have the biggest restaurants in the Valley coming to you? You have this focus to want to write any and everything. Yeah. And a lot of times you do it by, by means of survival. And so, you know, when I got past having to survive and I got to a point where I was like, okay, this system that I'm doing now is working, you know, as opposed to not, um, that was a really great place to be. I, I can't tell you exactly where that came in my career, but it did come. And when it came, then it came more of like, okay, now I've, I, I've, I'm kind of gone over on this side of the, um, uh, of the hourglass and on this side, because the time is running out a lot quicker. Um, I have less time for, 
BS. Yeah. So it's like, you know, um, and, and I have the experience and I have the, um, the, the resume and the testimonials from people that are like, look, he's responsive. He knows the business. He's owned restaurants. He takes care of us. You know, all those things that I think people are looking for and has a great staff. And, and so these are all things that are, have been told to me. These aren't things that I just, you know, vouch and say. And when I came to that realization, I kept hearing it over and over. Then that kind of opened my door, not to be a jerk to people, but just yeah. to be to, but to really interview them as much as they were interviewing me because if you don't put it up front about what you're looking for and your expectations and you're only just sitting back there and always you know pleading to their expectations you're always going to lose yeah and you're like i said i mean you're such a giver and i think i i fall into this to where i say yes way too much and yeah. something i'm trying to to fix i want to try and help everyone i, I love mm -hmm. when when hey there's a problem there, there could be a solution like cool let's figure it out begin to that point to where it's it's need to start being more uh, methodical with my time and I mean up at four bed at 10 and it's constant working and so I want to get to a point where I can spend more time with the family and all that so how did you or how, how did you approach it to not be a douche whenever like I, I hear you but it's not a yeah. good you know what I mean like it's I, I still want to help everybody and I still go through the the process of having a hard time of saying no and and even to this point I'll run into situations where my business partner's like you know what the hell did you do now <laughs> yeah and and it's because I just care and then I find out that you know maybe half the time it was a um, you know it was a bad decision but sometimes you just don't know you don't know when that small you know person that's struggling and needs help might you know basically blossom into something and that's what I love enjoying I love seeing these small businesses blossom and turn and, and a lot of my insureds that I've had for 15 20 years to watch them with one location mm -hmm. under construction not knowing if they're gonna make it or not have four or five ten fifteen locations that that's the reward for me so you have to just balance and know that 50% of the time you're gonna make the quote unquote maybe not the best choice for you and 50% of the time you're gonna make you know something that's going to be with you for the rest of your life and you're gonna be helping somebody. Yeah. That being said, as I go through things where, you know, I'll get calls from people that are like, hey man, I need a policy for, you know, one day for this and that. That, that I legitimately can't do and do justification to the client and or myself yeah. because my time has now you know the price level of that has increased a little bit because the clients that i do have need that time and so for me to just be like oh i'm gonna spend five hours on working on this 200 dollars policy to literally make lose money that's not going to work for me and anybody that owns a business can understand that but to get around not being a douche having the resources and the assets to be like hey look you know i know you were referred over by so and so i want to take care of you here's where you need to go and and you just click on this and take care of it and guess what they go in they do it themselves so you know most of the time it's just because people don't know and then they don't have anybody that can help them and yeah. so i've just created a structure and established something that allows me to still help them but not bleed myself of resources and time i, I mean it's almost like referral i mean it's it's mm -hmm. you personally can't help them but i do have a network yeah. that could help and i think i mean that's a huge point because i i was trying well i got to have the answer and supply the answer and all that to where it's hey you know what i hear you what you're trying to accomplish here's a couple links that could probably give you the information that you need and yeah because um, yeah it's that the value of time and all that and it, it, it's precious that there, there there isn't more time getting made you know what i mean and trying to be able to decipher is it worth going after how do you, 
how, how do you approach it? But I'm, I'm big on, it might be something small, but if we work together, it could grow into something big. More times than not, it doesn't happen that way because life happens or whatever it may be. But it's, I, I'm, again, struggling with it and trying to figure out how to, how to say no more without feeling bad, essentially. And, but that's okay. That's the, the empathy that lays inside you, which is a good characteristic. And you're going to struggle with it for the rest of your life, you know. But you will get to a point where, in my opinion, you're going to have such <clears throat> big demand that <clears throat> you're physically not going to be able to do that or you're going to have to hire more great people like you have here to take care of those means and, 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 and push it off to them to figure out how to do that while you handle the stuff that you have. Yep. You know? Yeah. Yeah. All, all, all learning. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All That's all life's about is learning. Uh, absolutely. So you have some awesome stories in the, the music industry. would love to kind of hear what, what that looked like. What did you do? What, what, are, what are some of the cool people you've got to, you know, get some FaceTime with? But really, how did some of those learnings translate into who you are today? It all started with uh, having class with Pat Tillman, actually. Uh, huh. So I went to ASU, and, and I graduated with, with Pat. And back in the day, Jake Plummer, the Sun Devils. Um, wow. It was pretty cool. But we had an uh, economics class together, he, and he was so smart. I, like, I, I couldn't even <laughs> add. Um, and so he was in the, you know, like some of those business classes with me. And I remember sitting in one of the classes, and they had a uh, – one of the teachers was like, hey, I have an internship for, you know, WEA, Warner Electric Atlantic. It was the three biggest record labels at the time. And this was a, distri- you know, this is the company that distributed all their records to, at the time, Zia, Sam Goody, Warehouse, all the record stores. And so um, I went in, applied for the internship and got it. And then from then on for the next, I don't know, four or five years, I worked pretty much for free as an intern, but man, it was the coolest thing ever. And that was before I started my own company. But, you know, in the scope of things, I got to work with bands that people probably never heard of or may have heard of. Like, I remember the Bare Naked Ladies were (laughs) were big back then, and they played at the little MU inside this little hall by the Hoodlums Record Store, you know, at the (laughs) ASU, and, and they couldn't have fit more than 50 people, and people were throwing macaroni and cheese at them, and um, you just have all these like different like little memories yeah. of stuff. I mean, the, the Ian Astbury from the Cult was playing at Gibson's, which was a, a local bar that was here at ASU, and he ends up getting in a um, a brawl with the uh, with the bouncers afterwards because he's holding a glass of whiskey that he wants to finish up after the show, and because he's outside, they want to beat him up and take yep. it away, and he's like, "You're not going to take my whiskey away." And I'm saying, "You know, he's <laughs> he's on the ground. I'm in charge of him. It makes MTV news. It was absolutely crazy." You know, I'm 22 going, Ugh, I don't know what to do. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, and then, you know, I got to work with everybody, I, you know, for for a short time or a long time from, like, John Fogarty. I, I flew out and did an HBO special with him and um, got to, you know, deal with his wife, who was his manager at the time. And I was running all over Burbank and, you know, this huge HBO special. And you have, you know um, – uh, all these, you know, Hollywood stars coming in and, and I was so busy. I don't even know what was going on other than the fact that I had to get, you know, work done yeah. and, you know, and then you go into the other realm of working for some of the local promoters out here and you're backstage and you're getting Bruce Springsteen shrimp or you're, you know, get, getting Slipknot their, uh, pullovers to wear and their mask yeah. and you're freaking out and, you know, and then of course the Van Halen's, the Aerosmith's, the Chili Peppers, I got to work with like all those bands during the, you know, the late nineties, 2000 time frame. It was pretty cool. I mean, it seems like the, uh, the, the, not party animal, but the 
wanting to connect and, and being around all that. I mean, really the, the bands bring people together. I mean, yeah. when you have a concert, it seems like that really got ingrained into you. And it seems like, I mean, from my perspective, why you like the hospitality industry so much, it's, it's, you go to a restaurant, it creates that, that interconnecting between everyone. It makes people happy. And, and ultimately you're just making someone's day a little bit better, whether you're making the food or in, in helping, you know, the restaurant or bar get insured to properly be covered to, to stay open. And, yeah. and you're, you're helping, you know, someone be a little bit happier in their day to day through, through hospitality. Well, that's, that is what I feel my job is. My job is, um, helping, you know, uh, protect community in, in essence or, or people that do that sort of thing. And so when you look at what's, you know, uh, kind of gone on the last year, um, you know, people were, were itching to get out and see each yeah. other and do stuff. And, and as soon as they opened up a lot of the, uh, restrictions, you saw that, you saw that. And, and, and a lot of my clients were, I mean, sales went through the roof <laughs> and, and obviously yes, they're going to, but I'm talking about through the roof, like prior to when there wasn't, you know, what was 2019 going, going on. Yeah. You know, and, and so there's, there's always going to be this need for human connectivity, for community, for, for all that sort of stuff. And so as, as much as people say, oh, we're, you know, they're on their phones all the time. Um, yeah, there's a lot of that. But I think a lot of that also brings people more information and knowledge of places where they want to go and be a part of. There, there mm -hmm. always comes a time where people are going to want to put their instruments or their devices down and actually connect with the, with the human. You know, yep. I just that to me is the thrill of being able to know how well these places are doing and that I'm helping take care of at least one of the facets of their business. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure things are exploding from a sales perspective. Everyone is wanting to, to get outside. That being said, have you noticed a difference or should, should restaurants or bars be looking at their, uh, their policies? I mean, did it change once COVID happened? Did people kind of not forego, uh, their policies, but did they cut down because there was there wasn't as many people, as much revenue, and now that things are ramping back up. I mean, what what does the whole insurance landscape look like heading into COVID? Now that we're heading out and things are are getting yeah you know, ramped up. There's a lot of good insurance people. Um, I'll speak for you know Arizona because that's what I know. And there's a lot of great insurance people out here, and I have a lot of uh, people that you know do stuff the same way that I do, but they do a little bit of everything. And, and again, I'm yeah. very, you know, I'm very specialty related. Um, so that being said, there's also a lot of people that just don't know what they're doing. And, yeah. you know, unfortunately for these restaurants and, and these bars, these men and women are so busy just trying to get their doors open and figure stuff out that, you know, I just become a, 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 a line item that, you know, it needs to be checked off for the landlord or for, you know, wh whatever it is that they just, you know, because they're entrusting that professional yep. to take care of, you know, what it is that they need to take care of. And so, um, you know, through COVID, yes, there's a lot that needs to be adjusted and a lot to be done. And, and I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that are, you know, may not have the coverage that they need or may have too much or it, it just, it's every situation is so different, but, this is not an issue that happened because of COVID. This was an issue that's been going on forever because yeah. you have professionals that should be doing a professional job. But unfortunately, you know, just like in Indian, any industry, everybody's just trying to make money, yep. you know, your clients are busy. You're busy. I mean, I, you know, I'm talking to you quite a bit and you're always either hiking. I mean, you're, you're busy. Yeah. You're big on, you know, three F's 
what are those and why are you so uh, you know big on them? Uh, busy is a term that I, I, when my employees tell me they're busy, I tell them to, to get out of my office, you know, <laughs> um, because I, I really think that it's a term that gets overly used. And so uh, every day I wake up, I have something to do. And, and then that something to do turns into something else to do, something else to do, yeah. something else to do. So <clears throat> to have a structure and to have a, you know, what I call my non-negotiables every day of the things that I, that, you know, that work for me, you know, it took me 40 years to get there. And now I'm seven years into that and I have a structure and, and I know what works for me and what doesn't. Drinking alcohol does not work for me because I will not get any of my non-negotiables <laughs> done and I will not be a very good person to those closest around me. Um, but being um, having a schedule and 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 knowing um, the things that I need to accomplish in order to accomplish other things to be the best uh, you know husband to be the best father to be the best you know uh, coworker and and business person to my clients that's what's most important to me and so figuring that out at, a, at an older age and sometimes you know it's the essence of time sometimes there's younger people out there that have already figured that out. And that's, that's amazing. You know, if you figure that out and you've already started a 401k at 20, you're going to be great, (laughs) you know, but I, I didn't, you know, but a lot of my education and and a lot of that stuff that I had to deal with my first, you know, uh, 20 years was hugely beneficial to where I'm at now because of my knowledge and my, and and what's going on. So when I look at, you know, like what you talk about three F's, you know, food, fitness, focus, those are kind of the pillars of, everything and anything that I do. So knowing what I put in my body, how I feel after I put it in, being intuitive about it. You know, I go out and I eat a lot. I just got to be smart and knowledgeable about what I eat, how I eat. It doesn't mean that I, like, you know, Friday I'm going out with AZ Foodie. We're going to go eat a bunch of pizza, you know, mm-hmm. but I know that I'm going to do that. I'm prepared to do it. I'm going to enjoy it, you know, because yep. it's a fun time with her and, you know, we get to eat pizza. I mean, great, but I don't do that every day. You know, it's, it's just one of those things. Today on the way over here, I had some chicken and sweet potatoes. Not a big deal. I know I had to be on here. I had to be on. I had to have energy. I, you know, I got meetings after this. So that that's the whole aspect of food. It's not dieting. It's not. It's about just being intuitive and understanding where you're at in the moment and what you need to do in order to get through those moments and be the most productive that you can be. And then you look at fitness, and you know, fitness. Um, look, fitness has everything to do with moving the body, understanding how the body moves, and why you're moving the body. And so. If you can do that, you can figure out as you get older, mobility is key. You know, it's not how heavy you go or how long you go for me. It's how short I can go and how light I can go and and how beneficial it is towards my body and also how much rest I can take. So, you know, my Mondays and Fridays are very specific to just resting and doing things like getting in a cold plunge or doing a sun or all, all the stuff that everybody sees you know, that's become real popular. The reason why it's popular is because it works. It works for me, you know, breathing techniques, all that sort of stuff. So, you know, to have those days structured out and know that I have that time allotment for that sort of stuff. And then when I look at the focus aspect of things, it's everything from meditation to, uh, you know, just, um, walking, um, you know, going for walks and, and, and thinking and doing podcasts and listening to things that are going to help educate me reading and, and primarily like right now it's been guitar. You know, I, I love to have my guitar lessons every week and that's been an, an area of focus and it helps keep your mind, you know, active in other ways when you're using both hands yeah. and, you know, you're learning stuff and, you know, like Van Halen's my favorite band has a kid. I'm learning you know, Drop Dead Legs by Van Halen. When you're little and you're listening, you're like, oh my God, you know, how how does he play that? Yeah. And now I'm like, oh wow, this is kind of cool. You know, <laughs> so you, it's all that stuff that's really important. So when I combine all those together and I'm able to utilize some aspect of those in my day, whether it's five minutes or 30 minutes or an hour, um, 
I know that I have those things as non-negotiables to make sure that I'm productive for the rest of my day. Yeah. And how, what, what does your process look like to figure out what those non-negotiables are? Do they change on a daily, weekly, monthly basis? Or, uh, and even from that, I mean, you got food, focus, family, fitness, there, there's a lot of different buckets. Being a business owner, it's tough to say, all right, this week I'm going to spend 10, 10 hours with my family, 15 hours doing this, because that's not how life works. No. you got to find balance over the course of the macro to where maybe this week is dedicated to the business, this week dedicated to the family. So how do you go about figuring out what those non-negotiables are and then auditing, am I spending enough time with my family? Am I spending enough time focusing on my focus? How do you go about that? Yeah, I, I don't think there's an answer to that. I think everybody is different. I think the right answer is within your heart and, and within your passion. So if you are passionate about your family, then that's what you're going to spend the most of your time doing. It doesn't mean if you're not necessarily, quote unquote, you know, overly passionate about your family, they're not important to you, but you yeah. may have other passions that you want to, that are important for you to partake in. So therefore you can be the best for your family and for other things that are important. So, you know, for me, there's no structure to it. I just know what I enjoy. Okay. I enjoy to work out cool I'm gonna wake up in the morning and I'm gonna take my coffee and you know have my one cup of coffee do my reading because that's my kind of quiet time yeah. you know um, walk the dogs and then I'm gonna work out in my driveway because that's what fulfills me yeah and and every day in and maybe one day that's not what does fulfill me maybe I wake up and I'm like you know screw this I don't want to do it maybe fulfilling me is sleeping in that day that's totally cool too so I think as long as each person can make an educated decision on how they feel and they feel that that's going to be the most productive for, thing for them. I think that's the right answer. No, I agree. Because some people use time blocking. All right, this hour, I'm going to do this. Yeah, I mean, nothing is, wrong with any of that. So, yeah. All that's great. Different. Yeah. And so as I move forward in, in life, not just with insurance, but you know, being able to coach people and, and, and speak to them and, and help them with their own methodology, we do, you know, I, we do work on, you know, a, a curriculum of letting them dictate what it is and how to structure their day and how to be the most productive and understand that relationships are the key component to any healthy and, you know, beautiful life. But in order to be healthy in those relationships, you want to feel good about yourself and do the things within you that make you feel, you know, that ultimate, you know, being. And so those are the things that I kind of work on with people because everybody just has a different footprint inside of them. Yeah. So what I do every day may not be of interest to you, but there might be certain facets of what I do or certain things that I've seen or heard about that I can help lead you in that right direction. Absolutely. I mean, everything you're talking about, you had to experience something, learn from it and figure out how do I navigate moving forward to ultimately make me happier in life. Yeah. That being said, I mean, running a business, there's lots of ups, ups and downs. It's, it's a, a free roller coaster, I guess you could say. But with that being said, I mean, you've obviously had lots of, lots of ups. What's been the biggest, I guess, struggle or like downfall that, that you've faced in your career to where maybe you didn't know if you could keep doing it or you not even sure what it made you feel, but what's been the biggest struggle that you've had to face and how did you overcome it? You know, there's, uh, there are times that the, I think the, the, the passion bucket will sometimes run out because maybe you're faced with situations that are really tough and I will see things that come across my desk that aren't necessarily directly related to me, but indirectly related to me. And I see death and I see all sorts of, you know, stuff that just, you're just kind of like, what am I doing? You know? Yeah. And it takes, again, experience and having to go through that a few times to understand that, you know, this is just part of what it is that we do and how we do it. And, and 
you know, again, dealing with liquor liability, I see, I see a lot of death more than I'd like to, because, you know, people make, um, you know, let's just say unwise decisions and, yeah. and it affects others. And so that can be really trying because, you know, in the same breath, it's like, I'm here to help protect these establishments from certain things that can, you know, arise due to other people's, yeah. you know, actions or their inactions. And, um, you take personal, you almost take like a personal, you know, kind of gut to it. And, yeah. and so part of me at times with the struggle is kind of like, you know, do I, do I really need to keep doing this and have that, you know, but you just kind of work through it and you understand that if you're not here doing it, who's, who's going to do it the way that you do it and how you do it and who's going to help these people. So it's, you know, it's, it's tough. And, and the time constraint thing, it becomes tough too, because I, the other biggest struggle I have is lending all my time to everybody all the time Mm -hmm. and not, and, 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 and not taking as much time for myself. So now I will legitimately like pack my car and I know if I'm going to be near Camelback mountain, I'll be like, okay, I'm taking this hour out for myself. Everybody can wait, you know, because yeah. I'm one of those type A fixated on, oh, my God, I got to answer this text. And so are yep. you. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, you just got to pick and choose your battle. But there's nothing wrong with being that person either, because a lot of being that person gives me a thrill. Like, I love yep. it. You know, I love the fact that people are reaching out to me. I, there was a time I would circle the office hoping somebody would call me, <laughs> you know. And now yep. it's like, you know, we'll leave this podcast. I'll have 20 emails and I'll have them all answered by the time I leave my car. Yeah. But that's because I've set an interface together because I don't have to do all that work anymore. Yep. I just got to be there for it. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that that's tough. I mean, just hit it. you mentioned something, you know, feeling personally responsible or, you know, the, the, the tragic stuff that you see. But at the same time, had you not been there for that restaurant, they could have been undercovered. What, they, could, yeah. they could have been set up to, to for failure, essentially, which could negatively impact so many more families than essentially – the, the one thing that might've happened. I mean, it's never fun, you know, to talk about those situations, but you also right. don't see what could have happened had they not been partnered with you could have ruined so many more lives than, yeah. than what had happened. Yeah. And that makes me feel good, you know, in the aspect of, you know, just knowing that we have the right, the right crew, the right people, and we do all that we can to help, you know, take care of people. And sometimes you will get those phone calls from people that aren't quite yet your clients and they're like, oh, I don't want this, this or that. And we're like, you know, we're probably just not a fit for you. I understand that, you know, that's maybe not your thing, but I'm not going to not cover you. I love it. It's it's knowing what, what it takes to deliver to, to really be successful in in what you're doing for a business and not just oh, we're going to do it this way because at least it's still going to generate some revenue, but I'm not fulfilling what I, you know, what I set out to wake up every day, which is properly covering the clients that I work with. And it's knowing that you're in a good spot to be able to say no to that Yeah. because you have your values. But also speaking their language. So, you know, yesterday I go on an appointment, large, large, you know, group, and they're larger in another area of influence, and that's construction. But they happen to have these two restaurants, and and they have, uh, you know, now they've formed this restaurant group because they took over these restaurants that are part of their rent now. And and so um, I sat there, and they're like, you know, our our insurance agent over here for the construction company reminds us that, you know, he doesn't insure these two restaurants that we have. But we have you here because I really wanted somebody that speaks restaurant. That is, you know, the the guy – and. That to me is the reward for putting so much time and effort in the last 20 years into what I'm doing because yep. that just like I look forward to those meetings and, and then I look forward to getting what it is that I'm supposed to do to help them and know that I can come up with a solution. Yeah, yeah. no, love it. I mean, you're helping so many different businesses plan and really mitigate risk in the future. Um, so you're planning quite a bit with uh, you know your clients. Yeah. What are you planning on personally and from a business in the next six to 12 months? Uh, hard press on 
Arizona, you know, um, that, look, there's a lot of places I, I don't work with that I, you know, I probably would love to. I don't even know who they are at this point other than, you know, a handful. Um, so, I, you know, a hard press and, and, and there's a lot of new openings that are out here and, mm-hmm. and I've hired more people. So I have a little more bandwidth to g- grow a little bit more. I'm not looking to be the biggest in the world. I'm just looking to be to continue to be what I feel is the best in, in, in what I do and mm-hmm. add value to that and be able to refer people other services beyond, you know, insurance that I think makes sense to help grow their business and kind of have us all succeed together. Um, and then while I do that, to be able to hold a platform for people to, you know, to be able to come to me to better their lives. And so whether that be, you know, owners or people working at because you know, the restaurant, the, the health of the restaurant worker is not the greatest in the world. And that's both mentally and physically. Mm-hmm. So as I've worked through my health and through my situations and everything, um, I think I can lend a platform to those that want to come to it and, and be helped as well. So you know, I, a little bit of that will be transitioning this year to where I can kind of do more coaching and speaking on, on that aspect while I'm, you know, continuing to grow the agency. Love it. Yeah. Doing, doing lots of stuff. Yeah. That's what gotta, I do. Gotta love it. Um, this has been great. I mean, as we kind of wrap up, would love to kind of hear some, some final thoughts for any restaurant that's out there listening to this restaurant owner that goes, Hmm, I haven't checked my insurance policy. I don't even know where I'm at. I guess what's the biggest piece of advice that you'd have for them? Um, Restaurants are a tough business. They are um, one of the most misunderstood businesses when it comes to um, the amount of risk that they do or do not have. And if you haven't owned a restaurant or worked in one like I I have on on both terms, um, to be looking from the outside in, you may not understand all the exposures and the risks. So the biggest thing I kind of get back um, is, you know, understanding what you're not covered for not what you are yep. covered for so insurance companies man they're they're, they're sneaky you know and <laughs> and i'm not an insurance company i'm just a guy that's in your back office that's going out to the insurance companies to find the best you know the best partner for you yep. and, and i don't care who it is I don't, I don't care what the name on the paper is most of my clients don't even know what insurance carrier they just know delo is you know oh i do insurance gotcha delo yeah and so um but there's a lot of choices and there's a lot of exclusionary language that comes with certain policies and certain things. So the biggest takeaway would be to understand what you're not covered for. Yeah. I mean, you don't know what you don't know. And I, I think that's probably, I mean, for every industry, it's until like, something yeah, happens and I, you're like, Oh, well, I thought I had this. Hindsight's always 2020. Yeah, yeah. that, that extra hundred bucks a month or whatever could have prevented, you know, that $300,000 claim or yeah. what, whatever it may be. And yeah. so, um, that being said, I mean, if, if there is anyone that, you know, wants to reach out, um, get a quote from you, whatever that may look like, how can people find you? I don't know. You're the one doing all my media <laughs> stuff. Uh, no, you can find me on Instagram. You can find, uh, so I have at, I am the Delo. That's my personal coaching, you know, page. And then I also have, you know, bar and restaurant insurance at, on Instagram, but I really the, for the business stuff, uh, you know, bar and restaurant insurance.com, my website. And, um, I'm going to have a really cool website with a lot of cool stuff on there. This and week. Got my podcast on there with the local restaurant owners that talk about their story. And, yeah, you can click to get a quote on there. You can call me, whatever. I'm, I'm here. Yeah, so, free, no yeah. obligation. There you go. Cool. Well, I appreciate you coming in. I'm not going to say the word busy. You have you have a lot <laughs> going on, so thank you for prioritizing us today and, and coming in. Yeah, of course. Thank you for the block. <laughs>